This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, and I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Timothy Harfield from Jasper, Georgia, and you're listening to a special Horse Husbands Only edition of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Rito Network for April 27th, episode 1686. I am a manly man who lives a manly life in my manly house with my manly wife. And now, from the Man Cave at the Horse Radio Network, the monthly Horse Husbands episode starring Timothy Harfield of Horsehubby.com and America's Horse Husband, Glenn the Geek. This one is for you guys. No horsewomen allowed. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Horse Husbands episode. Now, we have pre-recorded this because right now, Jennifer and I are at, are at Rolex, and Timothy is packing. He is packing to head to England. So uh, how's everything going in England right now with Elisa? So far, so good. She made it uh, uh, safe and sound. Johnny made it safe and sound. Uh, Horse Flight, the company that took care of the shipping Got him over there in record time. He loves it over there. The grass is green and lush. The only thing, and I learned this recently, so Johnny, amazing horse, right? Athlete. He looks beautiful. His everything is great. But he has one nemesis. Do you know what that is? What's that? Butterflies. He hates butterflies? Hates butterflies. <laughs> it's like his least, not even least favorite thing. It's like nightmare for him a butterfly so every time i every time i talk to elisa which by the way if you're on at&t at&t now has this great deal where there you pay ten dollars a day and you get whatever unlimited everything which is fantastic really? so i actually get to talk to my wife now oh, wow. which is great but every day i ask her elisa any butterflies today so far no butterflies but you got to keep checking <laughs> big bad event horse and if there's a butterfly on one of the cross-country jumps he's, he's gonna dump her it's going to be for, right for fans of Elisa. Pray <laughs> yeah, for no butterflies right. on dressage. <laughs> that's funny. Well, uh, we wish her the best of luck over there. She, but remind everybody where that don't know or this is their first time listening to the Horse Husband special. Where, what is she going to be competing in? Right. So uh, Elisa is a um, an, an upper level three day eventer. Uh, she was an alternate for the U.S. Olympic team in in Brazil. She is currently over in England get, getting ready to compete at the Badminton Horse Trials, which is one of uh, just a handful of four-star uh, three-day events in the world. Uh, the top three in the world, of course, are Rolex, Burley, and Badminton. Elise has now competed at Rolex twice. She's competed at Burley last year. She's going to compete at Badminton, so that will sort of complete that set. And then we're looking forward to also going back in September again to compete at Burley, which are two of the most beautiful venues for events ever. So, they are. Yeah. hey, did you see the fundraising we did? Yes. Now, uh, did it work out? It well, you know, 
this these things are really expensive and it doesn't matter how well, it's how, like 10 grand to fly your horse so fifth, it's like 15 and that's just your horse you know you got to live you got to eat you got to train you got to do all that other stuff and it doesn't matter how what what caliber of rider you is you, you are you still don't have any money so you end up having to do a lot of fundraisers and so this great fundraising idea that elisa had was to actually do art with johnny because elisa has an art degree from georgia state and so what she did, she spent a day and she worked with Johnny. She covered him with um, uh, finger paint and they created works of art. And we had this auction and they, they turned out just amazing. And the response was just fantastic. Really good for fans and, and really helped um, uh, put a dent in some of her costs. So thank you to all of our fans. And if you want to see the art, you can, you, know, you can check out the YouTube channel. We, uh, Elisa did a video of her process as well. Well, that's really cool. That is really neat. I did see a lot of them, and they were pretty good, actually. So it was fun. Yeah, really yeah. impressive. Yeah, it was fun. Well, I'm, we wish her the best of luck, and and we know that she's going to kick butt, and uh, and we wish everybody that's still all the Americans, all of her co teammates are still here in the United States running around Rolex this weekend, so we wish them the best of luck, too. I just wanted to remind everybody that we, we, will, we will be doing a show tomorrow on Horses in the Morning, but it's not live. It'll be put out in the feed. We're going to record it and put it out tomorrow morning. We just don't have good access to internet there. And then Sunday morning, we're going to be recording another show and putting it out on the feed, so you'll have those shows by noontime, Friday and Sunday, brought to you by Weatherbeta and AccuSuite. We appreciate their support. So look for our shows tomorrow morning, but no live feed until uh, until next week. So we just wanted to remind you of that. Well, let's why don't you introduce our guest? Well, today we are joined by Mr. Brian Rosati. Uh, he's been on the show before. He's written for horsehubby.com. Uh, he is our resident humorist. So welcome, <laughs> Brian, to the show. Uh, thank you. You you are far too kind. <laughs> So remind, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, sure. As I, I'm a, uh, the husband of an English and Western pleasure rider. So very different than the two arenas that you guys compete in. We are a much slower paced, but much flashier, uh, separation of the horse world so uh, my wife has been competing locally and through the aqha circuit for about the past uh, two to three years in this arena and i had no idea what i was getting into when i originally signed up to be a horse hubby <laughs> and still don't <laughs> no <laughs> we, no. we, we still don't quite get it <laughs> yeah, that's why right. so we have this therapy group every month um that's right <laughs> So and, you, and recently yeah. uh, with child as well. So you're not just a yes, horse hubby, uh, you're a horse dad. I have a horse daddy now as well. <laughs> I have an 11-month-old daughter at this point who uh, ha has shown some promise that she likes all things with ears and fur and, and everything that goes around in this horse world. So I, I guess I am ultimately doomed for the at least the next 20-plus years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wish you luck with that, Brian, and congratulations. Thank you. We're going to do uh, something a little different. We're we're going to do our roundtable like we did last month, but we have a special guest coming on because he's just setting the world on fire. And we had to have him on because he wrote he wrote about our lives and we, and and 
and he's very funny and very entertaining. So why don't we get to our guest first, and then we're going to go back with a roundtable of something fun for you today. We asked our auditors what were the hobbies of their horse husbands, and I got a ton of answers, and I thought what we could do, Brian and Timothy, is go through them and see how many of these we've done and how successful we were with these hobbies. It could be entertaining. Because <laughs> um, uh, some of these I didn't do so well at. Let's go to Austin Bell, author of the just-released book, Horse Show Boyfriend, right after we hear from our title sponsor at Equity, the Shake and Fork and the Flex and Fork. Jamie and I have been raving about the Equity, Flex and Fork, and Shake and Fork. Some of you might be saying they're just saying all those nice things because they are getting paid to. Well then, let's hear from some other people about what they think. Here is Flex and Fork user Eric Bates, Pasifino owner from Kentucky, on their sturdiness. I've been using the Flex and Fork for oh, almost a year now. I looked it up on the internet as being a quality-made fork, and that's what I was looking for. I had already replaced two or three, you know, the manure forks that you would get at a farm supply store, and I wanted something of, of good quality that would last, and this, this has just been more than I could ever ask for. With the shaken fork, you save time and money by just using this motorized fork every day. Here is Leslie from Horse Nation on how much betting she is saving using the shaken fork. It really does. It, it um, helps you sift through, you know, so you're not throwing out as much. I think uh, uh, Equity says that it, the forks um, probably save you a dollar a stall uh, per day in, in between bedding saves and labor, you know, uh, time you're saving, and, and I, I believe them for sure. And then there is our terrific listener, Aubrey, who cleans barns for a living on how much time she saves with the shaken fork. It's funny because you have to kind of slow down when you do it just because you have to let the fork shake for a second. And so it kind of took me a little while to say, okay, just slow down because I tend to do them a little manically anyway just because I have so many to do. But you do them faster. Even even though you're physically moving slower, you're doing the stalls faster. But a couple yeah. of the barns that I do use sawdust, and it's amazing how fast I can go through those barns. And it's pretty much cut down half, and I'm using so much less shaving, so it's going to end up uh, saving a bunch of people, a bunch of money of the barns that I do. Okay, you've heard them. It's not just Jamie and I saying this. What are you waiting for? Go to EquityMFG.com and get yours today. EquityMFG.com. You will thank us every single day. Hi, I'm Austin Bell. Uh, I am the author of Horse Show Boyfriend, my crazy year on the Hunter Jumper A Circuit. Hey, Austin. Great to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you very much, Timothy. I appreciate it. So we were delighted to hear of this book that you've written recently. I've known you for a while. I didn't know that you were writing a a, a book, um, but I know that you have a really strong follower on social media, Twitter in particular. Yes, that's uh, at Horse Show Boyfriend, Horse Show BF, I guess. And uh, I, I started it, uh, I guess, about almost two years now. And it was it was basically the genesis was I was at all these shows and I, I felt like I had these observations that... Uh, we couldn't we couldn't share through my uh, girlfriend's very famous Instagram account she started, which was uh, Meg at West, now Meg at, and so uh, it didn't seem appropriate for that. So I had all these uh, creative observations that I felt like I needed to share, and apparently people found them interesting, I suppose. And you just could not help yourself. Basically, that's that's the case. Yeah. Do you have a? Uh, I, I was going to ask you. 
Uh, do you have like a literary background? What compelled you to actually write, first of all, tweet, but more than that, write a book about your experience? Um, I think that it was, I, I like to joke that the, 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 the beginning of it really was I was sitting at Pony Finals and uh, it was probably the eight different horse show we'd been to of the year and maybe four or five different states. And I was sitting there, you know, trying to take candid pictures of pony girls for my girlfriend's blog. And it was, you know, the end of the third day where they hadn't even done any over fences or anything. And I just thought to myself, I have to have something to show for this. Um, and I have to have some reason to be here other than just taking pictures. So I was like, I, I better start at least writing about this just in case. And so that's when I sort of started to write down some of the things that we were doing in more long form instead of just general small observations. So uh, no, no background other than just general liberal arts college and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so it, it, was, it was sort of a, a process trying to figure out exactly what my voice was and all this. But I think that, you know, the, having the Twitter account and being able to sort of test out different, you know, humor around the, the, the crowd, really what they responded to allowed me to sort of expound on that as I started writing. And you took how much you, did, were you working at the time? Did you take half a year or a year off work to sort of chase your girlfriend around or how'd that work? Well, um, it's, it's very interesting. So my girlfriend and I, uh, used to live out in Los Angeles and, uh, I worked out there. I actually, uh, worked in post-production on music videos. And so that was a very odd time in my life. And basically I was, uh, blurring the logos off of alcohol bottles so they could appear in rap videos uh, on BET. And I transitioned over from that to doing captioning and subtitling for like Netflix and Hulu and, you know, TV networks and that sort of thing. And my girlfriend who grew up in Florida, uh, South Florida said, I want to go back home, you know, be close to my family. And I didn't really have a good argument against that. So we moved back and I started doing that remotely from Los Angeles. So when she, we moved to West Palm beach, right near Wellington and she, you know, when Wes came around, she said, I'm going to take your camera and go out to the horse show. And, you know, take some pictures and that sort of thing. She didn't have a horse at the time. Her horse has been retired and is in Texas now uh, on a retirement farm living the life, I guess. Lucky him. And uh, so she came back with some pictures and she didn't want to bug anybody who uh, posted them, you know, post her on her personal Instagram account for non-horse people. So she started uh, a separate Instagram account and started tagging people and it sort of blew up. And by the end of WEF, she had about 20,000 followers or so. And so I, I said, well, why don't you, you know, when it, she had a day job at the time. And I said, well, why don't you quit your day job and we'll go around and you can blog about it and see what happens. And I could do my job remotely. So that's just sort of how it was able to, to unfold there. So is she making money? I know that this is sort of getting away from, but like she was able to quit her job and, and I was going to ask how, that too. <laughs> how, 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 does, yeah. how does having an Instagram account yeah. end up compensating for the lack of income from a regular job? We have 13 shows oh, well, no. and I'm still trying to make money. So I've, I'm, uh, I want to yeah, know. <laughs> it's, it's the eternal question. And, you know, we didn't, the, the, the long, you know, long story short is that it basically gave her the exposure that eventually by the, by the middle of fall, she was actually hired by ESP, uh, Equestrian Sport Productions, the company that puts on WEF and Tryon to do their marketing and social media. Um, so at, at that point, we were, we were not really making any sort of big profit on it, but we were sort of at that point, you know, deciding if we wanted to go into a revenue stream of advertising on her blog, you know, reaching out to different companies in the equestrian world and doing marketing strategy with them, just sort of figuring out how we wanted to leverage her following at that point, because 
we, we sort of deliberately made it non-commercial for the first while because we didn't really want to turn people off because I think what, what drew a lot of people to her was her really authentic voice in the horse show world. Um, and so, you know, so I don't really have a, a good answer for you there because we never actually had to take that, you know, go down that path because she got this great opportunity that uh, she decided to do. And she's been doing that for about a year and a half now, and it's really enjoying it. You know what? Now I'm putting two to two together. I think I know her because we do the, the 2018 WEG show, and so we deal with yeah. Tryon quite a bit. So I've probably done an email or something with her at this point. <laughs> so, uh, Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I think that we, we tend to be the people that you, you uh, have talked to or know about but if you saw them at the show, you wouldn't exactly know them until we introduce ourselves. They're like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. So it's a, it's a weird level of fame, I would say. We know that. We talk to people on the radio. We've had 7,200 guests. We go to shows, and until I open my mouth, nobody knows who we are. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's so funny going to Rolex, Timothy, because I'll be getting food in the line, and and I'll say something to somebody, and right away somebody behind me will go, "Are you Glenn?" Because they know the voice. But that's it. <laughs> it's funny. That's amazing. Well, do you I, ever get any sort of odd responses from the way you look? They're like, "Oh, I didn't expect you to look that oh, way." Or I'll that tell you who thing? gave me an odd response is Boyd Martin. Um, first time we had had Boyd on the shows a dozen times. This was years ago, mm-hmm. and then I saw him at Rolex, and his first comment was, "God, you're older than I thought you would be." So that was my first <laughs> comment from Boyd. <laughs> I, I think I think he meant distinguished. No, I think he meant uh, old. He, he didn't phrase it right. <laughs> he meant old. <laughs> Austin, you chose a girlfriend that's in hunters for God's sake. That makes dressage look exciting at times. I've been. Into one hunter show, Austin, and on like I wanted to tear my hair out. It was the most boring experience of my entire life. So how did you? So tell us about this. Okay, so for, you guys are from the eventing world. Is I'm, that's a correct statement, right? I am. Glenn is from the oh, horse world. Yeah, <laughs> just general horse. He, he rides seen, chariots. I've seen living. every uh, horse show there is an imaginable <laughs> in the horse world. Uh, yeah. And yeah so I, I Brian, had, what's I, I your? I had no idea what I was getting into. I, I, I want to um, ask quick because nope, nope. I've forgotten. What's Brian? Brian, what's your wife again? A venter? Uh, no, she she's a English pleasure rider. And oh a God! Pleasure rider. Oh God! That's yeah. wow. okay. You might have the hunter's <laughs> beat right there. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I think the fact that the hunters, the jumpers, go along with the hunters makes the hunters a little bit more palatable because um, I, I obviously I had no idea what I was getting into. You know going in, I didn't have any idea that there were different disciplines or what was going on. I knew that this was different than racing and that's about as much as I had down. And, uh, I got the whole hunter jumper and equitation thing explained to me and how to tell the difference and get into it. And she, she did jumping growing up. Um, she never actually competed really in the hunter equitation. I think she did some very low level equitation classes when she was very young, but she was mostly a jumper and uh, to this day really only competes in the jumper ring. So in terms of actually having to feign interest, it was only in a, in the jumper ring, which I can actually understand as a, as a layman, as opposed to the hunter and equitation rings where I just sort of nod and try not to fall asleep. I'm not even remotely at that level. Yeah. It's, I, I just sort of, I judge based on what people that know what's going on, how they react and how much they clap. And then I sort of, just I figured that's the that's the easiest way to tell. Yeah, no, you, in your writing though, you went beyond that. You you <laughs> you got into the politics of of hunter classes and the judging and kind of just threw it all out there. Yeah, I wanted to 
I wanted to write, I, you know, I wanted to learn about it for myself and in doing so give that sort of knowledge to other people like me who didn't really know all the facts because there was no resource for me when I was trying to learn more initially. I just sort of had to figure out which questions to ask my girlfriend and sort of piece it together. So I, I sort of gave myself this burden of trying to give as much wholesome information about something that I didn't actually understand. So I don't know if that was a, a fool's errand or not. I'll let the readers decide about that. But um, I, I tried to at least give a, give a nice overview of everything without it being too totally boring in terms of like the, describing the actual mechanics of, of each round and that sort of thing. And we've established that Meg is current present test te, uh, tense, your girlfriend, not past tense girlfriend. That's right? Th- this, yeah. The, yeah. the book wasn't the and, end of the relationship. As of five minutes ago, that is true. I have not checked my text message. You may not but want any, to, possible. You may not want to allow her to listen to this show. I would uh, make sure okay. she doesn't have yeah. the Horse Radio Network app on her phone. Uh, you know, <laughs> just to maybe, you know, we, we don't want to cause any trouble. So. Well, I already know she's a listener because I know she's listening to all the WEG coverage. So, um, it's you know, I'm, I hopefully hopefully I don't say anything too uh, Hi, Meg. too bad, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're very excited about WEG coming up. I think that'll be that'll be sort of the culmination of my horse show boyfriend experience, seeing all that competition. I mean, I went to Young Riders and I sort of got a taste of everything else as much as I could sort of observe from a distance. But I think WEG will really be a, a nice educational. Oh, you haven't for seen me. anything yet. Were you at WEG, oh, yeah. uh, Brian or, or Timothy? Were you at Wagon Ten? No. Uh, Elisa has done. I think she's been there. She did a. She did demos. Demos she? with her Mustang. Yeah, she think... did. I kind of remember her being there. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was a long. That was a while ago. <laughs> Austin, you were talked about, and you do a really good job of describing sort of the politics of the horse world. But I'm curious about the politics of writing the book with your uh, with your girlfriend. Like, how did you navigate? trying to be honest about your experiences at the same time as trying to make sure that, that uh, she, she didn't leave you in the middle of it. <laughs> that, that's a great question. And, you know, I think that um, it, I, the only parts that I really felt like I was sort of consciously watching my words a little bit were the, you know, talking about the places that directly employer, I just don't want to come out and just say something totally ridiculous about that. That's just unnecessary. You know, I, I think that I tried to, be critical but again it it's more i sort of had a unique experience because i was going to these shows uh not to watch her show but to just sort of experience it more as a member of the media so instead of sitting around and dealing with the day-to-day minutiae of getting ready for the show and going out and that sort of thing i was able to sort of take it all in as a spectator so the the experience is really more as a general spectator and less specifically like oh she had a problem with this on this day or that sort of thing um, so I, I think that that made it a lot easier from, from that standpoint of not offending her sensibilities because it's, it's much more of a general thing than about our relationship, I guess. Um, the, the ways that our relationship comes through is when I have moments of doubt or questions about what's going on and she's trying to explain things to me. Mm. And that's, that's sort of where it comes through in the writing, I think. So I think that being, uh, having it come through that way made it a little bit easier for her. But at the same time, I think the the biggest challenge for me was just not, you know, when you're writing about something that you don't know anything about, you don't want to offend the experts. You don't want somebody coming to you from the world saying, boy, you really got that wrong. 
Hey, we, um, hey, we've been so doing I, that for nine years. Don't worry about it. We're still here, <laughs> so you'll be fine. I think I used I, I used a lot of qualifiers, like probably and arguably the best <laughs> writer. Arguably, you know, I just I think I think like every other every other sentence, it feels like I, I just made, gave some gave some sort of out for myself, and I never used any sort of definitive statement. Well, let, let me, so. Timothy, if you'll allow me, I want to read one paragraph. It's very short. Um, at its core, the Hunter competition is much more of a beauty pageant with ancillary jumping activity. The main goal is to look pretty while navigating the course. This can be more difficult than it sounds as distances between jumps must be perfectly assessed while managing the horse's wavering moods and actions. That paragraph gives you a little idea what the rest of the book's like. <laughs> <laughs> But Austin, you, you made a really interesting point, and I think it's, it's worth sort of underlining the fact that uh, the voice that you've employed here is not so much the voice of a, of a horse show boyfriend per se, but rather simply that of an outsider, right? And to that extent, uh, it sounds like what you've written here is not only of value to horse show boyfriends, husbands, and, and the like, but to anyone who is uninitiated. I, I like to think that that's the case. Um, I, I mostly didn't want to feel bad giving this book to all my friends and telling them to read it um, that, that aren't at all horse people. So that was, that was part of it. And then I also felt like the best way to come at it was from sort of an anthropological perspective of, you know, the, the only real true perspective I have is that of an outsider. I really, the, the book title is kind of a misnomer in the sense that I've only really been a horse show boyfriend accompanying my girlfriend to the shows where she's showing, you know, three or four times. I'm by no means an expert on, on the day-to-day minutiae of how that works out. I'm more an expert on just being a new spectator to the sport. So I felt like that was, that was the way to go with that. Um, and I guess it, I guess it worked out well, but I, it, it, it turns into lots of paragraphs like that, where I'm talking about horse showing, like it's a, like I'm, you know, out in the field taking notes on it and that sort of thing. <laughs> Well, it sounds you actually like you do have a, a large perspective readership here. How long uh, has the book been out? Um, I guess we officially launched it uh, uh, a week ago last Friday. So it's been out about a week and a half and we've gotten a great response. Uh, it's way, way bigger than I could have imagined. Even we, we were trying to get it out for the end of West, but the perils of self-publishing sort of delayed it a little bit past that. So we're going to ask you know, about that. Yeah, it was, it was, that was a, that was, you know, it's, it's sort of, this happens like that, but it's, it hasn't seemed to deter sales too much. Uh, and I'll be able to just sort of sell in person at try on and it'll be just as good next week and that sort of thing. But the online sales have been great. Um, the, you know, the coverage in the Chronicle really boosted it up a little bit and they, they were very generous with, you know, recognizing me as an actual entity worthy of their time and much like you guys. Well, and, uh, I- so it's, does your does your girlfriend still have a job at Tryon after this book? Yes, she okay, does. Just she, hasn't, she, hasn't, she hasn't gotten that call yet that says, uh, you know, we need to we need to talk about some of the things in here. But again, I think I think that um, you know it's it's always it's always a question. I tried to be pretty forthcoming about you know any sort of inherent bias I might have with that being uh, you know the case now. But I, I do think that I, I try to remain you know. I, I talk about the flaws of every show, but I try and remain overly positive because with every show, there are always people at a show that love that show. That's the show they look forward to every year. I don't want them reading my book and coming away thinking, why did he diss my show? That's, you know, that's not really my kind of thing. Um, 
and, so I try and talk about why why each person likes each. And show, Austin, you know? when all else fails, it doesn't matter how boring the show is. All horse husbands have one thing we like about shows, and that's tight riding breeches. It saves the day <laughs> every single time. If we have nothing else, we have that. Right. He's not saying a word about that, Timothy. He's not even commenting on that. That wasn't in the book. Uh, <laughs> you notice I'm not either, Glenn. Yeah, see, Timothy, shut up. I get no help here. Brian, jump in, please. Uh, uh, he, no, he clearly has never been to an English or Western show because breaches are the bane of any male's existence that will kill any sort of sexuality you may have after witnessing <laughs> the sights that will be on, on top of these poor animals. <laughs> All I right, on that, that note, I, think that I do mention the, the moment where I discovered what BPL stood for as being a turning point in my horse show boyfriend experience. <laughs> so, um, well, you're qualified now. Well, I got to tell you, this yeah. is, uh, I can't wait to get it. I'm going to order it. You can find it on, where, where should people go? Is it Amazon the best place or where should they go? It's, it's on Amazon. You can get a paperback on Amazon or the Kindle version, and it's on iTunes. If you want to read it on your iPad, just go to iBooks. It's on there, Horse Show Boyfriend. And, uh, yeah, last I checked, we were, we were like, on second place on the equestrian charts. I think some, uh, some steamy horse romance novel was beating us. So if we could jump them, that would, that would really make my day. Well, that well, we hope you do because there's a, too many steamy horse romance novels out there. So uh, let's get a horse husband on top, and all of that yep. sounded really bad if you take it out of context. So we'll just leave it at that, Austin. Austin, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's great, and uh, and thank you for contributing to the horse husband community. Well, we I, I appreciate everything you guys do to to keep things light and to. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough uh, day-to-day grind for a lot of, you know, horse show loved ones out there that are, you know, dealing with the trials of, you know, people that are really into this sport, not a hobby, as you guys say. And um, it, it's, uh, it means a lot to have people out there that are trying to, you know, coalesce around this and take notes and debrief and, you know, have, have a community. So I, I appreciate everything you guys do. And the name of the book again? Horse Show Boyfriend, My Crazy Year on the Hunter Jumper A Circuit. Well, he was a lot of fun. I was awesome. Yeah, it, it brings you back, right, <laughs> to the to the early days it when does. you didn't I, know I think anything. We've all been there. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, I, I asked the auditors, and by the way, for those that are new to the show or horse husbands have heard that term before, we have a group of basically members of the Horse Radio Network. They're people who value the programming and donate money anywhere from a dollar to twenty five dollars a month, and for that, they get to be in our super secret auditor room on Facebook, and that is the most active Facebook group I've ever seen. There must be 100 posts in there a day, and they're talking about everything. Well, it's also the best focus group that any podcaster could ever have, because I can ask a question, get 100 answers. So I asked, and we haven't talked about this before, what are the hobbies of your horse husbands? And I thought it would be fun to go with Brian and Timothy and myself, go through the hobbies, and see if we have ever done these before. So let's take a look at this. Uh, Backpacking. Okay, I need the cricket sound on these because I think we're going to be getting a lot of cricket. I have worn up. So, so what is backpacking? Is that, that means just hiking. Like wearing a wearing no, a backpack hike, and hiking around? in the woods and sleeping in a tent. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, uh, I, I have. I was a, a Boy Scout in my younger years, so I, I have spent many an evenings in in my youth 
Yeah, but I don't think that counts when you're 12. Have you done it when you're an adult? (laughs) No. Why would you? I I have a job for a reason, and I'm not homeless. That's right. There's no reason to to participate in backpacking at this stage of the ballgame. And even a Motel 6 is better than that. So there you go. Um, What I like about this, this, this comment was that in the list of stuff is snowmobiling. And I in my younger days, lived in northern Manitoba. Oh, well, then you had to do snowmobiling. <laughs> snowmobiling. We had this thing called the Trapper Festival, where every year, big, burly men and women would get together and compete in things like snowshoeing, snowmobiling, uh, dog sledding, throwing gigantic hatchets. Women would carry gigantic um, uh, bags of flour, for long distances, it was weird. But living in northern Manitoba, I did, in fact, ride snowmobiles. It was a lot of fun. What were you the best at in these games? Oh, I did not compete. I just watched. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> practicing for my life today with the horse <laughs> Right? But, but the greatest thing, the most memorable thing I have, apart from the fact that it was like negative 40 with the wind chill. So when you're out there watching dogs sledding, dog dog sledding yeah dog sledding uh it's like negative 40 add the, ne- the wind chill it's negative 60 degrees celsius which is god knows what fahrenheit it's just ungodly but you're watching this stuff and you're wearing appropriately clothes but when the race starts only half the dogs actually leave the starting block you know half the dogs are just like no i'm just i'm not i'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it today that's funny so kind of again practicing for my life today because there are horses, we all know, that do that. You know, the, I, there was a theme. I don't know if you noticed that, Timothy, on the whole list. There was a theme. There are a lot of hunters out there. Um, I've never done. Hunting never came done. up about 25 times. Have you ever hunted, Brian? Uh, not hunt. Like target shooting and, and um, tactical competitions, but never a hunting. Tactical shooting. What's that? Uh, well, it's a very different spin than hunting. You go to an actual range and they set up basically an obstacle course. Um, you may deploy out of a vehicle. You may go through a, a simulated door. They have friendly and hostage targets and you engage each of these targets kind of in a, uh, wannabe SWAT team style format. And there's no insult to the guys that do two and three gun matches. Cause that's really not what we're doing, but that's probably the easiest way to explain it where, you know, they tell you, how many rounds you can carry, what your, you know, your engagement distances are going to be and what the rules of engagement are. And then they score you based on number of hits and the timing it takes you to get through the obstacle course. Okay. That sounds like fun. I want to do that. <laughs> are you a military guy, Brian? <laughs> I, 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 I am not, unfortunately, ah. but uh, always been involved, whole family line of, of military. So I, I just do got that. smart when they told me I wasn't old enough to do what I wanted to do when I tried to sign up. I want to sign up for that. That does sound like fun because I let, we do target shoot. We have a, 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 a pistol range on our farm here. So uh, we, we go out and sh- shoot a lot. Hey, how about this one, guys? Speaking of guns, here's her, her husband did a ton of paintball in college. He had his own paintball team. Nerd! <laughs> 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 I, I am guilty here. I was on a oh, in my twenties. <laughs> I can, all I can picture is Big Bang Theory. Do you ever see the ones where they're doing paintball? <laughs> That's all I can picture. 
It actually seems like a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of. It's kind of like until you've been stung by a bee, it's like the most terrifying thing in the world. It's kind of like paintball. I, I haven't done it, and so I just assume that being shot by a paintball is gonna basically kill me. <laughs> well, it all depends on where it hits you. A lot of them you can shake off, but there are a few sensitive areas you do not want to be shot in. Uh, do you wear a cup? It will remind you just how I, I, I did not, and I had it happen one or two times and you would think I would learn after that, but it is very difficult to run in any sort of restrictive plastic device. That's going to make your life easier. I, so. I, I used to wrestle. I know exactly what that's like. Yep. <laughs> that's funny. And then I have to laugh with paintball. I used, I was doing a lot of public speaking for the company I was working for at the time. And I got shot in the face and it went through my mask. And I remember showing up to the podium with a, a quarter size black and blue mark. <laughs> on my cheek and trying to explain that to everybody you meet is just a little challenging in a professional environment. Oh, Timothy, I got an idea. Do you think that Rolex would let us take like the back corner where nobody is behind the campground and, and set up a paintball course for the husbands? We'd make a fortune. I, well, you you know, know, we I'm have, we have these brilliant ideas every year, right? <laughs> but we could have beer and paintball. It's perfect. Right? <laughs> At horse grounds are perfect paintball fields. They're generally level, grass you know the the obstacles in a paintball arena are generally inflatable and portable Whoa. so oh you know what we can use very the, easily done. we can use the cross-country jumps that they're not using we could just borrow them we could paint them for them it'd be perfect <laughs> i love that idea all right we always have these ideas of what to do with the horse husbands every year and we never do anything about it Timothy, one of these years we're going to have to do we something are, about it we, we are men, men of men of ideas not, not men action, of action. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the problem there is once the wives catch wind of what we're on to, that usually shoots down all of our great ideas. It's true. I've mentioned stuff like this. And it's true. You know, Elisa makes the excellent point when we talk about having what we're, we were talking about doing like a horse. Huddle a horse. Oh, no, we wanted to do a horse tent with with uh, horse yeah. husband's tent with TVs everywhere showing everything but horses, you know, all different kinds of sports. We were going to have a bar. We were going to have uh I don't think we talked about dancing girls. We thought that was over the line, but 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 then Elisa made the excellent point. Cause I'm like, Elisa, we're gonna do this thing. She's like, made the excellent point. Who's gonna hold the stuff? If all the horse husbands are gone, <laughs> who's gonna hold the stuff? That's what. No, there's are no for. one. There's no one there. Yeah, you're you're not fulfilling your horse husband obligation if you right? actually have a time. You're not a horse husband, of... you're just a slacker. Yeah, but okay, I'm going to take the other side in court and say, well, but the horse husbands will come away from the horse show much happier. I don't think our happiness is ever an issue. <laughs> Good or point. Okay, I'm sorry, I brought that one up. All right, now there are more ideas here of uh, what uh, horse husbands do for hobbies. A video playing video games was 25 on the list. I mean, it, there everybody was playing video games. And uh, are you a gamer, Timothy? Uh, you know, intermittently. Yeah, no, if Elise has gone away on competition, and I'm just totally sapped. From, but I get bored of them too. So yeah, I, I, too. I always think that a video game is going to be like the best idea in the world. And I sit down within 20 minutes. I'm, I'm bored. Um, but you know, who is a big gamer as we've learned is, uh, a geniatry hus husband. Oh yes, 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 yes. Right? Yeah. You're right. Josh. Is it Josh? Josh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's a big video gamer, like all the time video gamer. 
Brian, I know you're into cars, and a couple of the horse husbands said, one of them said uh, uh, off-roading with Jeeps and trucks, and then one of them said uh, loves to build and fix anything with an engine. Are you in that category? Uh, yeah, I was a builder fixer for probably the first 30 years of my life. And then I realized I'm not using anything I build or fix for its intended purpose. <laughs> so then I changed that and switched over to the driving side. And now I have much more fun behind the wheel than behind the wrench. Yeah, you race, man. And I've seen some of your videos that like you post uh, all the sort of analytics and stuff like that's fascinating and really looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, as you know, if you you're you know you're on my Facebook feed, uh, I have no humility, so I post the good and the bad. So, you know, when there's an oops, there's usually video proof to show the rest of the world what not to do. So I have plenty of those to go along with any of the victories that we have in the uh, auto sports arena. Now we we but we talk about worries that we have about our wives' safety. Like I, like Elisa is crazy working with wild mustangs and doing what she does as, as a three day eventer. But like, what does your wife think, especially now that you've got a young one, about your chosen hobby? Uh, well, fortunately, she she's happy. I stepped away from. I used to race street cars, which just means general production vehicles you could buy off the street that don't have a lot of extra safety equipment. Mm. And somewhere I wised up, probably when I was doing about 185 miles an hour on the Daytona Speedway in one of these streetcars, and I realized that if I hit a wall or I have an unfortunate incident, there's not a whole lot of protection around you. So I switched and bought a fully aged race car, safety harnesses, head and neck restraint. So I'm as safe as you can be in the environment I'm in. And knock on wood, I've only had one incident. I was harnessed in, I was in my, my race car. And when I called my wife shortly thereafter, she said, Oh, well, I expected this. It's kind of the nature of what you do. I'm just glad you're okay. And that was really the end of the call. And I was just stunned. You know, I expected a little more. I mean, maybe I expected or hoped for a little more panic. Are you all right? Is the world ended? <laughs> and that was not the case. She was like, well, I expected you to do this eventually. I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> well, all right then. That's a horse That's girl of, for you. Climactic, <laughs> so. That's a horse girl. They're used to getting hurt. It's like, ah, you're okay. <laughs> Whose hobby is most expensive? Oh, hers by far. Really? Uh, with, with, uh, everybody asked that. Well, you race cars. And I said, look, it, it does not. if I choose not to race, the car can sit in a garage for an indefinite period of time and cost zero dollars. I cannot say that for any living creature that I own. Well, that's true. I mean, that is true, except I, I have a brother-in-law who drag races, and I know he blows those engines up, and it costs him like five grand every time. So uh, it's, uh, that's an expensive hobby, too. Hey, guys, I have another one for you. Listen to this. This one's going to make you feel fat and lazy. This, I already feel fat and lazy. <laughs> this woman's husband <laughs> is, says we're not. <laughs> is a long-haul, follow me here, he's a long-haul solo road biker. In 2015, he biked from the Pacific Ocean, starting in Oregon, to their home in Wisconsin. He, this summer, he's biking from Wisconsin to the Atlantic Ocean. I call it biking across America, which is not an exaggeration, except he couldn't afford to do the whole country in one year and split it into two trips. He's Forrest Gump on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> 
once again, this goes back to backpacking. Um, yeah, you know, yes. they've created airplanes <laughs> and, and other sorts of commercial transportation that alleviate a lot of this issue. So, no, this is not a, not in my uh, ever wanted to, nor have any desire to in the future events. And you know, it is the destination that counts. <laughs> All this stuff about the journey is no, no, no. It's the destination. You just want to get there. <laughs> This guy too, you know, it's so dangerous riding a bike on roads nowadays. Yeah, it's let alone pretty spectacular. Yeah, it, it, yes, athleticism, um, and and it, none of this stuff is safe. I think that's part of part of the common thread here is that horse women, it seems to me, you know, video gamers aside, uh, seem to get connected to people who are engaged in potentially lethal hobbies themselves. I don't know. Carpal tunnel with the video gamers. Oh, dangerous. You forgot about that. Um, I love this lady said, TV, golf, and sloth. Shaking his head at me. Can't figure out why horses are so exciting. I'm sure he wouldn't have his life any other way. Well, he does think three dogs is excessive. So, so sloth. Is that, sloth. is that a thing or does that just mean being lazy? That's, uh, that's sitting in front of the TV the whole time. That's what hey, that do you know what the difference between a two-toed sloth and a three-toed sloth is? No. This is not a joke. This is a fact. At least I, I heard it was a fact. So apparently, you've got two types of sloths. You've got two-toed and you've got three-toed. The, th- the three-toed sloth is less lazy than the two-toed sloths because they use the third toe when they, when, they, when they poop. They use that third toe to bury it. Whereas the two-toed sloth just, you know, does it. <laughs> The, the bar is pretty low, more like a painted line on the ground to, to figure out the level of lazy here. <laughs> if it's the only you would know that. Do you know why they're so lazy? It's because of this moss that grows on the trees that they like hang out in. It's very high in THC. And so the sloths are, whether they're two-toed or three-toed, are just high all day long. Okay, now I do have an aspiration to try slothing, if that would ever slothing. be thing. <laughs> slothing sounds good to me, too. It, it, it's illegal in some states right now, but not all. <laughs> I got a couple more. How about, uh, uh, how about sailing? I'd like to do it, but, I, I, but I'm, I'm terrified of water, which goes back to our previous conversation of the, uh, the, um, the cruise. Oh, you'll be fine. There's a big ship. You don't even know there's water. You'll be fine. Um, don't, just don't look out the window. You'll be good. <laughs> Get an inside cabin. <laughs> but sailing sounds like a lot of fun. Brian, have you sailed? Are you like a, into water sports? No, I, only as a, once again, youth and scouting was the only exposure we had to sailing. I've been sailing but, on a sailboat once in my life, and it seemed it was a lot of work. Um, and I've been out on a lot of other boats which have motors, and that was a lot less work. And we're going back to the whole backpacking, tenning thing again. Um, I'll take the one with the motor. Thank you very much. The sailboat was just a lot of work. You always had to be thinking, and who wants to think that much? So, <clears throat> I know there's people who love this it. Is- this is all making me feel t- terribly insecure. <laughs> like these guys are are pretty badass. <laughs> How about this one? This one's this one. You'll you'll be okay with this one, Timothy. You're, you'll be right in here. He loves Marvel comics miniatures, and I'm not exactly sure what she means by that. And New York Yankees. So there you go. You, we could probably relate to that one. Right. So so we we've got some upper and lower bars here. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I feel very comfortably in the middle. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to end with this one. He shoots guns and rides motorcycles not at the same time. I'm really glad wow, that, <laughs> just lazy. Well, now, I saw Sons of Anarchy. I I know if both can be done at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Well, guys, uh, this has been fun again. Brian, any last words for us before we cut out today? Uh, well, if, if you're listening to this, you can just tell your listeners it is already far too late because they found this because they're already drawn into this nebulous world that we all got got sucked into by our significant others. So I'm sorry. Just know there's help out there for you. And it's guys like you that are making it survivable for the rest of us. There you go. That's well said. And Timothy, they can actually watch Elisa at badminton because a badminton does a live feed for free, right? They do. Uh, Elisa has also been selected as the official blogger, American blogger oh, really? for badminton. So she's going to be blogging through the badminton blog. We'll also be vlogging with videos. Uh, it's challenging for her to do that when she's by herself because she's so busy with, with training. Karen O'Connor, her coach, has just joined her. But as soon as I arrive um, on the 29th, we're going to start daily vlogging our way through badminton. So that's going to be definitely something to look out for as well. That's very cool. And of course, if, uh, you know, right now I am at Rolex and Jamie's coming in today and we're having a good time, we're going to see American Pharaoh tomorrow. So we're heading over to TaylorMade Farms, which is a sponsor, their sponsor of one of our show, newest shows around the track. So we're going to go see American Fair tomorrow. We're very excited about that. And then, of course, cross country. I want to remind everybody that's going or here at Rolex now, we're doing three meetups. We're doing a meetup tomorrow night, Friday night at the Gray Goose in Midway. We have a private room set aside for listeners and anybody, any of your friends that want to come along. We're going to have dinner there, and that's at 7.30 at the Gray Goose in Midway. Midway is a teeny-weeny little town not too far from the Horse Park, and there's a main street, and you can't miss the – it's just – it's tiny. So that will be there uh, for that. And then we're meeting a half an hour before jump number one on cross country. We're heading out to jump number one like we always do. Half an hour ahead. We're going to sit around and chat, wait for him to start. And then we kind of wander through all of the jumps. Two o'clock that afternoon, Timothy, we're going to meet uh, all of our listeners that are there, as we do every year, over at the Eventing Nation Tent tailgate on the cross country course, which we'll let you know where that is. And we're going to do trivia at 2 o'clock and hand out a lot of prizes. So that's thanks to Horse Nation, Eventing Nation. Leslie will be there, and then Jamie and I do. We ask the questions and hand out the prize. We have the easy job. And there's free beer there, too. So that's at 2 o'clock. Wish I could make it this year. It's a highlight every year. It is. So it's if, a lot if, of fun. If, if you're out at Rolex, definitely stop by uh, for that tailgate. And it's a lot of I saw your father-in-law over the weekend. What? Yes, Why? he was down here at the show. We went out to the uh, show at uh, Florida Horse Park, and uh, he was there. Awesome. No, Rick is fantastic. And Rick uh, Wallace, Elisa Wallace's um, father, he is going to be over in England with us as well. Yes, so he said he was part going. Of the team. Yeah. That yeah. Was, uh, well, we're nice. looking forward to seeing all the results from over there. Brian, uh, thank you so much for joining us again today. It was a lot of fun. Glenn, Timothy, always a pleasure. All right, everybody, we'll see you tomorrow with our recorded show brought to you from Rolex. Remember, no live feed in the morning, but we'll see you tomorrow. 